Wirebrickenoff. And for today's episode, it's mainly going to be focused on Joe Biden's vice president, or at least vice president nominee, as we would fancy call it, and that is Kamala Harris. And Kamala Harris is obviously somebody who is very interesting when it comes to this political event and this political time period we live in today. We all knew that Joe Biden was going to pick a woman as his running mate for his presidency uh, for Joe Biden, obviously. He said that himself, and at one point he even said it was going to be a woman of color. And obviously that narrowed his options to a very few amount of people that uh, could be his vice president candidate or somebody who would accept the nomination to be his vice president if that and that's how it went up there. So a lot of times people were debating it could be Stacey Abrams, maybe Bottoms, or uh, some other uh, candidates such as Kamala Harris, who was a woman, but not necessarily a woman of color. Or not Kamala Harris, but Elizabeth Warren, who was a woman, but not somebody necessarily of a woman of color. But as uh, Ed on his show, which I'll plug Freedom Scoop uh, before we dive into the topic fully, and, and Freedom Scoop is essentially a group of content creators on YouTube, DLive, and some on Twitch. I think most are on Twitch, actually. But our main focus is distributing our ideas, our focusing our ideas on news, our politics, or anything kind of relating in that sphere, and give our own opinion on those perspectives, because we all don't really value mass media in the light that a lot of people do. And we try to provide alternative platforms or alternative viewpoints compared to just one main focus or one main agenda that all the mass media sites try to show. And one of the reasons I talk about that is Ed from his show on his, uh, it wasn't a contemporary show, it was a private live stream he did after the announcement was made. But Ed uh, made made his uh, made everybody on his show and not on that announcement. Anyway, Ed always had a question on his main show. Let's restart. Ed always had a question on his main show where he would ask you who you thought at the end who would be the vice president. And a lot of times I was thinking Elizabeth Warren at first just because she seemed like she was trying to align herself with Joe Biden in some way, but at the same time might leave herself open to presidency if that were to be the case. They seem to be more friends rather than foes. So that was something I kind of paid attention to and kept my eye out for when it came to politics in general. And that was something that was very interesting. But I was always thinking that um, Kamala Harris, after she dropped out of the race, made a lot of sense to Joe Biden for the main focus of getting the black vote. But one of the more interesting things when it come, came to Kamala Harris was, although she is black, obviously, she does come with many pitfalls or many things that might get in the way for Joe Biden and his presidency. Because normally when you think of a vice president, and this is maybe my theory for vice president, it may not include your theory as well, and I'm open to hearing what you think a vice president should be as an open-ended question for anybody listening in now or maybe in the future, of what a vice president should be and should serve in their row of, of, of how they do. 
And obviously the vice president is highly important, especially with the age of both candidates for this matter, with Trump and Biden both being in their upper 70s compared to uh, somebody who might be a little younger like a Kamala Harris. And so vice president does might have more of an impact than it has in the past just due to age. But a lot of times, as I was discussing, a lot of times when I think of a vice president, I think of somebody who is able to provide a stable role or give an advantage to the candidate that the, the president candidate, the president nominee, didn't have beforehand. And the biggest advantage I could see for this, for Joe Biden, are, let me rephrase this. When Joe Biden was going to pick his vice president, I was wondering what advantage Kamala Harris might give him. And the real obvious advantage I thought of at first for a Kamala Harris vice presidency that would increase Joe Biden's presidency claim and may give more people or have more support was the black vote. But the black vote is something that is very interesting in relating to what Joe Biden had said about that all blacks think alike and other comments in that community that uh, that uh, black kids are just as smart as white kids. You know, those sort of comments that Joe Biden has said in the past may come back to hunt him. And Kamala Harris provides that black support, or you think she did. But I was listening to a few content creators on YouTube, and they were kind of mentioning how during the, the, the campaign, the, the Democratic campaign, when Kamala Harris was the strongest she was, she didn't necessarily have that much support for the black voters. And a lot of people thought that was due to her prosecution record and strict rules she had around who could be, uh, or strict rules she set towards the community that they think might have targeted the black community a little bit higher than in the past. So that was something that was rather interesting and something I don't know a lot about, so I don't know if that's necessarily true. But there are several factors that I think are rather interesting when it comes to Kamala Harris as a candidate and for vice president. Because as I keep trying to go back to, but and I'll give my final answer and then I'll go to Kamala Harris directly. But a vice president should be someone that gives you an advantage. And so when I think of a vice president, you normally think of someone who might win you a state that is a state you might not have won beforehand. So a flip state like Florida or Pennsylvania or some, one of the other uh, flip states that you always want to win when it comes to an election. So if you get someone from that community that is greatly liked and he, joins, he or she joins your candidacy, you then could win that state. At, because their support from that state is high. Or maybe even get someone who you may not win the state, but you might win more votes overall or more appeal if it's more of a mainstream candidate, such as an example being like your for, for Trump being Ted Cruz if you were to pick a different vice president, but not necessarily going to do that because of Mike Pence. But you get kind of my point. So normally you have your vice president through that, but you also can have a vice president that gives you something a little different in a political sort of way. So an example for a, uh, for this example, or an example for Joe Biden would be maybe someone he picks as his vice president could give him an advantage more towards the progressive side. And Kamala Harris doesn't necessarily do that, so that was something that he didn't do either. But a lot of people are thinking he might have picked, as I said earlier, like a Elizabeth Warren in order to gain more of the progressive vote, or like Stacey Abrams, who tends to lean towards more progressive policies than others. And 
he might win more of the super left side of the Democratic Party compared to what he would have beforehand. Because right now, as Trump calls him Sleepy Joe and others just view Joe, Joe is a very moderate candidate compared to Trump, and especially compared to the Democratic Party. Or you could say the opposite. He's a moderate candidate, but comparing him to Trump is like complete opposite. He's somebody that is trying to win the average support and the average vote when it comes to the United States. And by him being average Joe and wanting to win the average support, his vice president candidacy is someone I thought who might have leaned more progressive, but that wasn't necessarily the case, as we'll get into a little bit. So I'm not really completely sure what Joe Biden was doing with his vice president candidacy, because he's not going to win a state that he wouldn't have beforehand with Kamala Harris, because Kamala Harris is a senator for California, and California is obviously going to vote for Trump, or sorry, for Trump, is obviously going to vote for Joe Biden compared to Trump, and that's not necessarily going to be a state that flips its vote, and he's not winning another state by putting Kamala Harris there, and he's not winning the progressive vote of the Democratic Party either. But then again, if he were to pick somebody like Elizabeth Warren as his vice president and may win more of the conservative vote, he might lose a lot of his general average party voter as well due to her being so extreme. And that is something that is rather interesting and something I have thought of in the past before, but it's not necessarily something I think that is very uh, important. So I'm bringing it back to my question of what do you normally think of when you think of a vice president? What are what is their purpose and what should they should they serve through your candidacy? So if you were a president in this example, maybe say you're Joe Biden and you're having to pick a vice president. Who would have you picked and why? And that's something I was kind of thinking about is something that was going to provide advantage. But these first few articles, I'm going to talk about the problem Kamala Harris brings to the candidacy and something I've thought of. But before I kind of read into the articles, I'm just going to give my general thoughts and how I feel kind of expressing it out loud and talking to you on uh, the podcasting platforms and the live streaming platforms and just kind of air out how I feel. So for one, the first example I thought of when he picked Joe, or when he picked Joe, when Joe Biden picked Kamala Harris was her comments about busing in the actual Democratic debates. So when you pick somebody who was going against you in the debates or someone that was simply in the debates in the first place, it brings a very interesting perspective into picking them as vice president. In other words, if I had a choice of, if I was Joe Biden and I had a choice of a vice president, I don't know if I would have picked anybody who was up on that stage. Even if they didn't necessarily go against you at all, there still brings up conflict of interest in something Trump or Mike Pence or anybody on his campaign might bring up against them due to their comments that might have directly went against Joe Biden. And we all know from the debates that is something rather interesting and something rather important was the fact that Joe Biden and Kamala Harris had a big, big fight in the debate. And that was mainly over the busing concerns that Kamala Harris had and that Joe Biden was working with segregationists, or at least that's what Kamala Harris believed, that he was working with segregationists. And that was something that she directly went up against him in the debate and led up to a viral moment in really the highest part of Kamala Harris's stage 
uh, in the, the part where she gained her most viewership from and most attention from. She even had t-shirts afterwards that she, that she uh, sold that basically had the essence of her famous quote going off of the debate stage and going off of how we all thought of the debates went. So again, busing. The second thing I thought of was her prosecution record. Now I'm not somebody who studies who has studied law and looked into criminal justice or anything like that. So I'm not a hundred percent certain on every detail behind Kamala Harris's as a prosecutor and prosecution record and what is allowed or isn't allowed within the judicial system and such. But we, I have always heard that she has a little bit of a shaky prosecutor record. And I'm bringing up an article that talks about that as well. But when you're trying to potentially gain the more progressive side of your vote and you're Joe Biden and you pick someone like Kamala Harris who was a prosecutor or a cop or a head cop really in that matter. Somebody who was in charge of leading criminals or passing laws to arrest criminals are just in generally being in charge of the process of the justice uh, or uh, the criminal justice system. It's something that's rather interesting and something I don't know if is necessarily great to win the progressive vote. In other words, I don't think he's going to gain any progressive vote by putting Kamala Harris due to her being a former prosecutor, even if she didn't have a shaky record. And that fact that she does have a shaky record and she seemed to be rather harsh and pass more laws directly against black people in air quotes and have more of a high rate of incarceration from it is something that is also going to go highly against Joe Biden in trying to gain that progressive side of vote. But before I move on to the actual articles and talk about a point I heard on another show, I was going to read a comment off of Twitch from White Wolf in the Shadows. And he says, yeah, I thought Stacey Abrams might have been a better pick, but maybe he's just just... Maybe he just connects better with Kamala. And then he put, yep, I agree. I'm assuming it's a he. Could be a she. But politics does lean a certain direction, at least for content creators. (laughs) Anyway, that's besides the point. But yeah, Stacey Abrams was an interesting one. And obviously any candidate, especially a candidate that's been in the limelight for a while, is going to have baggage against them. And no candidate is 100% perfect. But that is a large part why a vice president is normally someone like a Mike Pence or somebody that doesn't necessarily have that much baggage that you could have against them. Somebody that's kind of polished. Somebody you can look to. And it may be even the opposite of who you are. So a classic example of this is who we have as a vice president now with Mike Pence. Although Mike Pence has had his controversial comments and uh, other things relating to it. Uh, he, especially with more of the LGBT side of movement, but he he's somebody a lot of people generally look at and see somebody who's more stable and more uh, peaceful in his approach to politics compared to Trump, who is very bullish and very out there, especially if you were to follow his Twitter. 
and in general of a candidate Trump is. So when you go to like Hillary Clinton, who her vice president was, a lot of people didn't really know too much about him, but a lot of like real conservatives, like my father and stuff, didn't like what he had to say and thought he was a little bit weird. But that was because they have complete opposite viewpoints, but he's not somebody that was completely crazy or absurd in the way I think. And I apologize, White Wolf in the Shadows is a she. <laughs> So, got that one wrong, but I think you'll accept the apology there, or at least the hope. <laughs> anyway, love live streaming. So, I'm going to read some articles here about kind of points I thought of and points that I think go against Kamala Harris as vice president. But at the same time, I'm going to try to talk out the strategy to why. Joe Biden might have chose Kamala Harris as vice president. But before I kind of get into that part of the podcast and that part of the live stream, I was first going to discuss the objects of why I don't think it is a smart pick and kind of my first opinions or first uh, observations from it. So Pennsylvania is a state that Joe Biden really needs to win as a swing state if he is going to win the election. I mean, winning any swing set, wing swing state is highly important if you want to overall win the election better. It's, I have often have I have often heard that if you win Florida, you win the election. That's kind of a common phrase that I've heard beforehand. But Kamala Harris and Pennsylvania do not see eye to eye. Kamala Harris is very much against fracking, and fracking is one of the biggest industries in Pennsylvania and the oil market. Although a lot of people see fracking as damaging the environment and further increasing fossil fuels, which is a system or an idea that we need to be getting away from instead of producing more. So she's going to win that sector of the population, and so is Joe Biden. But at the same time, it's rather uh, hard to understand the fact of picking somebody who's so directly against fracking. But you may say, well, Pennsylvania isn't necessarily a state that you have to win. It would be a state that is important and a state that you should probably want to win or want to uh, try to at least get more voters from. But at the same time, you may not think you necessarily have to win it. But that brings me to the point of this article and to the point overall. Although Joe Biden is against fracking as well, he takes a more moderate approach to fracking. And in general, Joe Biden is a more moderate approach candidate. Although he has this more progressive type of ideas as the Democratic Party is becoming more progressive, he in general is kind of the average person, or at least that's how he wants you to view him as the average person. Somebody that thinks along the lines of your grandfather, you know, somebody who you can trust within being your candidate and within someone who's going to be stable. So yes, Joe Biden is against fracking, but Kamala Harris takes a more drastic approach that could lose several swing states within your election. But before I just keep blabbering on, I'll read what this article from Washington Examiner. Kamala Harris, no question I would ban fracking. And this is by Josh. Presidential candidate Kamala Harris said Wednesday that she supports banning the technique of fracking for national gas to combat climate change. There is no question, question I am in favor of banning fracking, Harris said during an all-night CNN town hall event focused on climate change. 
Harris suggested she would start by taking executive action on day one to ban fracking on private lands and then move to have Congress pass legislation to expand prohibition to private lands. Harris' formal climate plan, published earlier Wednesday, does not explicitly call for Congress to ban fracking, as fellow candidate Senator Bernie Sanders has promised. Sanders, ahead of the CNN town hall, released a statement about a full-on ban of fracking. So as you can see, just from that short article and short segment, Kamala Harris is very much for banning frac fracking so much t so much of the way that she's willing to ban fracking on day one due to a executive order. So taking a state like Texas, who you're probably not going to win, even though it has turned more purple due to people moving in from California, or at least that was the theory in the last 2016 Senate election with Ted Cruz and uh, Beto, and why Beto had a very large portion of the vote compared to Ted Cruz. But anyway, that's this whole side point. Even though you're not probably not going to win Texas as Joe Biden, even though Joe Biden has said he's willing to put money in, more into Texas to try to win the vote, because a lot of people in political insiders are believing that Texas is turning more purple and is willing to maybe accept a Democrat uh, more than they have in the past. But anyway... I don't think you're going to win Texas due to Joe Biden in the first place, but with Kamala Harris' viewpoints on fracking and Joe Biden's viewpoints on fracking, although they're a little more moderate, I don't think you're going to win more votes than you would have if you picked another vice president that may not have the same points. Basically, I'm saying any place that is really depends on oil, as Texas does, you're going to lose the proportion of votes due to her and fracking. And a big problem is losing the votes from Pennsylvania. Again, you may not see that as too much of a concern for Biden's campaign, but losing any swing state does make it a lot harder to win an election. So that was the first main point that I think goes against Kamala Harris and something I heard on another YouTuber's stream. The next one is to do with Joe Biden and Kamala Harris and their viewpoints of criminal justice. And this article was directly talking about George Floyd, but it brings up more of an of a direct crime record for each candidate in the past. So I'll read it from Kamala Harris's viewpoint, and I'll talk a little bit about Joe Biden's. But the main focus of today's stream is on uh, the vice president being Kamala Harris and my thoughts about that. So, going on. Harris, bad prosecution record in California. Biden-Harris. This is a match made in, well, almost as far from heaven as you can get. More like at, more like at a public execution. Remember that racist 1994 crime bill that Biden authorized, championed, and defended for so many years? The same crime bill that fueled the mass incarceration that these... The... I can't read. These, these decimate, decimated. There we go. The incarceration that decimated the African-American community in the United States. Well, it was the bill that gave Harris her bricks to build her own political career on the West Coast. According to many legal experts, Harris was not fabled progressive prosecutor she pretends to be. 
was not labeled a progressive prosecutor, excuse me. While she was a San Francisco district attorney, lawyers who worked for her were routinely accused of prosecutorial misconduct and cutting corners to rack up convictions even if some innocent people went to jail. About this, she did nothing. She seems to have decided early on as a black woman the only way to climb the ladder politically was to was the Golden State was to reassure right liberal donors that she would protect their belongings from people who looked like her. And then it goes on a little bit more. But obviously this article was very much against Kamala Harris and therefore Joe Biden. As I'll read some of the viewpoints of Joe Biden in his reference. And this article directly references George Floyd and its situation. That's where it's getting based off from. Uh, to give context to what is being said. And obviously those were very high, harsh words or fighting words towards Kamala Harris. But I've kind of heard the same things about her prosecution record. And it was brought up in a famous moment of uh, Tulsi Gabbard versus Kamala Harris back in the debate stage. When Tulsi went directly at Kamala Harris for her crime stance or for her crime record as a prosecutor and most notably her evidence of misconduct and misconduct is a very huge deal when it comes to police work obviously and as a prosecutor it's your job to make sure that every conviction is properly done but before I move on I'll read White Wolf in the Shadows comment again but unless she is president she doesn't get to ban fracking. That will be up to Biden and it may not be his priority. Now that's a big point and that's why I wanted to read it before I went to this next one. Obviously as vice president those status issues like fracking or everything else may not have a direct stance to Biden's issue. In other words like you were saying or at least I think what you were saying and you can correct me if I'm wrong. As president, you can choose to have your stances or your issues that you want to be based off of. And therefore, what laws you want to have made. And Biden does have a climate change program. Or want to have passed more laws to prohibit uh, more oil industries and other things. But that climate change and that whole focus may not be the first thing Joe Biden wants to do. But I do think it is important to understand, at the same time, the vice president's perspective on certain issues. Because if for Kamala Harris, that's something she wanted to do day one, she might she might feel super passionate. And therefore, Joe Biden might do it and make it a little bit higher on his priority just for the fact that the vice president wants to do it. Now, obviously, the vice president isn't the president. And the president is the one that gets to make the final decision. And that may not be a concern for Joe Biden. But at the same time, somebody who might live in Pennsylvania, if you are from there, might vote against Joe Biden just for the fact of you might losing your job. I fear that your money you're making now could be lessened due to fracking restrictions from a Joe Biden and Kamala Harris ticket. So I do think it has some impact, but it may not have a huge impact and what stance Joe Biden might go with. And hello, uh, Robert from the Generational Gap on YouTube, and good evening to you as well. And I'll continue reading this opinion article uh, being directly related to Biden's 1990 criminal record. And if Ron Helton comes from YouTube or DLive, he might have a lot to say about Joe Biden in this 
perspective due to the drug wars and that that uh, he believes and I believe really Joe Biden might be uh, talking about. So I'll go on. Biden's 1990 crime record. The attack line against Trump is going to be that he is out of step with the move with the moment. Then it would be foolish for Democrats to put a presidential ticket that harkens back to an earlier time, like the 1990s when when aimed skyrocketing crime rates, politicians in both parties competed to see who would be the toughest on crime. Having lost three presidential elections in the 1980s, Democrats were determined to not be pushed around anymore. Governor Bill Clinton of Arkansas bragged that he supported the death penalty. He even took a break the campaign trail at one point to return to Little Rock to oversee execution. <clears throat> Among Democrats, there was in that decade that one tougher hom- hombre than Biden. In 1992, during a speech on the Senate floor, Senator Biden bragged that the crime bill he had written was so heavily handed that it did everything but hang people for jaywalking. In 1994, Biden authorized the Violent Crime Bill Control and Law Enforcement Act and would, for the next 20 years, defend what he called the Biden Bill, signed by President Clinton. The law led to longer prison sentences, more prison cells, harsher policy, and higher incarceration rates for African Americans. The Judge Roy Breen version of Joe Biden doesn't set well for an error well. Elected officials are talking about police reform and social justice. Finally, there has been a revelation in many quarters that criminal justice is not saving African Americans as many as it is serving them up to to vindicate and bloodthirsty citizenry. It's about time that the light bulb went off. And then it talks a little bit about more about Joe Biden before we got to the part I read beforehand. And again, all of these articles are going to be linked where you listen to your podcast or on YouTube if you want to read them now if you are watching as a live stream viewer. To read the rest of this article or any more you might find more interesting. But that's a big thing and if Ron Helton comes or it comes on later or happens now... But his big point, or at least the perspective I see from Ron, is that Biden directly passed these laws and passed more drug-related laws that directly hurt more more of the black community than any other community out there. And it may have not have been a direct result. It may not have been the purpose that Joe Biden wanted to pass those laws, but it was something that directly impacted that community and something that is still impacting the community today. So it is something that is rather harsh. So yes, Joe Biden has his own problems with the criminal justice and uh, laws relating to it, but so does Kamala Harris. So them both being on that ticket doesn't really provide a good stronghold to gain the support of maybe a progressive vote that way. And I've said beforehand, really at the start of the stream, You've lost most of your progressive votes with Kamala Harris and her criminal justice record and how that's been relating to that. But the biggest thing when you probably saw that Kamala Harris was the vice president and if you watched the presidential debates or were following the news at any point during those debates, you would have noticed Kamala Harris's attack on Biden due to his busing and segregationist tactics or those things relating to it. So 
that was a huge, 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 huge event of Kamala Harris going directly against Joe Biden when she still saw herself as in the race. And it makes it very interesting that now Joe Biden is willing to accept Kamala Harris onto her ticket. And although not everybody watches the debates, as you can see with attendance, and in general people get kind of frustrated with debates, but at the same time they do provide a general perspective that I think is good and something I think people should should watch. But that's kind of besides the whole point. But one of the biggest things about Joe Biden picking someone who was on that stage was having an attack against them. Because at one point on the debate stage, you probably had a comment against someone else on that stage. And probably all candidates on that stage if you lasted longer than a couple of debates. So that is kind of what this article is talking about with Kamala Harris attacking Joe Biden on his busing and segregationist work, and this is by CNBC. The most personal attack on Thursday's Democratic debate was aimed not at the President Donald Trump, but as the former Vice President Joe Biden. California Senator Kamala Harris called out Biden on the issue of race, saying that the, saying that the way he recently described his past working relationships with two segregationist lawmakers was harmful. Biden, at a campaign event earlier this month, had cited his ability to get things done, even with the segregationist senators, as an example of the type of civility in Congress that has since disappeared. Numerous Democratic presidential candidates took Biden to, to task for comments, though some, including civil rights icon John Lewis, defended the 2020 frontrunner's remarks. Harris also accused Biden of opposing busing, busing which Biden disputed. And I'll go back to the article in just a bit, but I wanted to talk about something real briefly before we move on. And that is the fact of Joe Biden's comment earlier was saying that that was the sense of civility we have lost in our elections or in working with candidates now. And it is something I think should be noted and should be should be talked about even now, although this is months and in 2019 even way before this coronavirus stuff even happened and the world we live in today that I argue has completely changed. But that's kind of besides the whole point. But the reason Biden brought up those points or brought up that perspective was to show the fact that the working with the other side, even someone you largely or may fully disagree with, you could still come to a middle ground and pass a law or talk or, or even debate within your your party system to make sure that uh, everything is done right or at least get something done even if you don't see eye to eye and that's something that politics and in debates should very much happen i remember in high school you you always got taught with your debate teacher or whatever that you want to even if you're debating someone you want to find that common ground although you want to win the debate and show that your side is fully right or your side is right, you still at the same time want to balance. You don't want to be too aggressive. And that's a big thing in politics as a whole. But a 100% good political system will have a perspective, even if you don't see eye to eye and you're in a complete opposite perspectives, you should be still able to come with a bill or with a thought or with anything that is somewhat in the middle. It may lean a certain direction, but you at least come to an agreement. And I think, and at that time I remember hearing that that was what Joe Biden wanted to show. 
Obviously, he didn't agree with the people, and even if he did, he's not going to say it. But people just took what he had to say and completely ran with it, although it's a little absurd. And although that whole comment and that whole issue was in 2019, excuse me, we still need to make sure we understand in context to how when this article was being written and with how I think politics should be in the first place. Although this was a little bit of a tangent, I still think it's important to understand. And I'll continue on. There was a little girl in California who was part of the second class to integrate her public schools. And she was bused to school every day, and that little girl was me. I will tell you that on this subject, it cannot be an intellectual debate among Democrats. We have to take it seriously. We have to act swiftly. Harris' official Twitter account quickly followed up, posting a photo of the candidate as a child. And this Twitter reads, There was a little girl in California who was bused to school. That little girl was me. Hashtag then the bait. Biden called Harris' attack a mischaracterization of my position across the board and launched into a fiery defense of his record on race. I did not praise racists. If we ha- want to have a lightened... Uh, I was a public defender. I was not a prosecutor, he added. A clear shot at Harris, who had been in San Francisco District Attorney and California Attorney General. And then it goes on to talk about some other things relating to that debate and when it happened. And obviously the article is from June 27th, 2019. So I found an article of the perspective and how people viewed it right then as it happened. And as I said earlier in the stream, Kamala Harris then released t-shirts on her site of that of said that little girl was me with the image of her in relating to the segregationist and the debate stage. But if I were to ask you, if you watched the presidential debate or the Democratic debates, a moment that you thought was something that you remembered, you would probably talk about that one book lady with the spells. (laughs) I forgot what her name is now. Then you would talk probably about two exchanges. And Kamala Harris was in both of the exchanges. You had the first one, which is the one we're talking about now, where she went directly against Joe Biden on his records against segregationists and other things relating to the criminal justice system. And then Joe Biden went against her, obviously. And then the second one is going to be also something we talked about a little bit earlier. And that was Tosi Gabbard going against Kamala Harris on her criminal justice and criminal record as far as that goes. And I've said... The, both of those examples on this stream in relating to the Democratic debates. And Kamala Harris was in both of those examples. So that brings me to my first good point about Kamala Harris as vice president. She obviously brings a feisty attitude and an attitude that is somewhat smart when it comes to the debate stage. As a prosecutor and as a debater, she does a pretty well job at being able to set her opinion and get these viral moments, although she might not be 100% well-liked as a person or as a candidate. Therefore, she didn't get higher in the, 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 the Democratic debate stage. But that's besides the point. Everyone knows that she is a good debater and is smart when it comes up on the stage, especially compared to moments of Sleepy Joe during the Democratic debate stage. And thank you, Generational Gap, and probably Robert for the one diamond. And I'll also read your comment here. As it says, oops, Kamala is absolutely nothing but an identical pick, which is sad. 
How does she not see her politics and abilities are unimportant in this? Yeah, that's a that's an interesting perspective. I know, like I was saying earlier in the stream, and as I've said throughout, and as I'm probably going to continue to say throughout reading these articles, it's hard to find where Kamala Harris provides a positive perspective. Now, obviously, I just provided one on the debate stage, and she is someone who is very smart, and someone I do think is... Uh, is a bright character when it comes to being able to defend herself and being able to talk out loud. Someone who's very, very generally well-spoken, although her laugh is just a little bit absurd and something that is a side to what a lot of people have a uh, tangent against. And I wish I had a clip to kind of play for you. But again, I'm not... I'm, tr uh, I'm not necessarily saying that all of what Kamala Harris is is bad, but I don't, I'm, tr I'm struggling to find an aspect of Kamala Harris that is positive, at least so far in reading articles and, with, and thinking. And those who are watching now or maybe viewing, you can also kind of brainstorm yourself or maybe type out or whatever else about a positive perspective you think Kamala Harris might provide. Because... I have been struggling since yesterday when I saw the announcement to a positive perspective that Kamala Harris does provide towards Joe Biden's campaign. And this is the last article about directly going against Kamala Harris before I kind of switch topics, not so much in, uh, in what we're covering through Kamala Harris's VP, but more opinion articles of for Kamala and against Kamala and not points I thought of at first going against Kamala Harris. And another one of the big points was, you might remember in Kamala Harris versus Kavanaugh, now obviously she wasn't the main person towards the debate stage of uh, Kavanaugh. I, I don't know if you would call it a debate stage, but towards the hearing of Kavanaugh. But she was someone that is, in general, you could say, believe all women approach are, 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 uh, of the movement of the Me Too. She was someone that says, believe all accusers, believe all people going against sexual assault, because she obviously uh, uh, says that a sexual assault is something that's bad and should never happen. I don't think that you'll find anybody except for the very, 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 very rare percentage of the population that are very bad people that see sexual assault as good. I don't think that it, that really even needs to be said to be able to be understood. But Kamala Harris was very much someone that says, yep, yeah, you believe all uh, believe all sexual assault accusers, even if their stance wasn't that good. And obviously, this is from a uh, conservative talk show, or I guess you could call it. I'm not even sure if he really is conservative, but I'm talking about Ben Shapiro here. And I was listening to Ben Shapiro's thoughts about Kamala Harris briefly on YouTube. And one of the points he brought up, which wasn't something I generally knew about, or at least forgot, was during the Kavanaugh hearings, she signed a letter uh, uh, directly saying about a victim that claimed that Kavanaugh had uh, raped her in the back of a car when there was no witness or any other claim but hers. Now, obviously, being supporting that person uh, through a tough moment might be something that is good and something she should do as a senator, but signing that letter and then trying to use it as evidence against Kavanaugh in the hearings without any other witnesses or without investigating the claim fully is something that is rather weird. 
And Ben Shapiro also played some some clips of Kamala Harris in questioning Kavanaugh. And if you, you want to hear those, you could probably go to his podcast to listen to those. I didn't really think they were super necessary to put on the podcast. But essentially, she was not a fan of Kavanaugh. And obviously, you don't necessarily have to be a fan of Kavanaugh to believe uh, Kamala Harris or whatever else. But Kamala Harris and her questioning and being against Kavanaugh and having the perspective of believing all women is something that is rather interesting. But I'll read the headline and then I'll continue on to this point. And this is from The Independent. It says, I believe them. From supporting Biden's sexual assault accusers to policing where Kamala Harris has clashed with the running mate. And this is by Danny Zullerlander on, I think that's his Twitter handle there. But anyway... So I'll continue on my point here. And finishing my point is basically the fact that Kamala Harris is saying that she believes all women despite the lack of evidence or evidence in general towards that person. Now obviously sexual assault is a very big thing and I've said that already. And it is something that should be taken serious. But as a politician you have to be very careful. And she has already came out and said that she believes the person who has, is accusing Joe Biden now of sexual assault um, in relation. And obviously her claims are not fully yes or fully no yet. We don't know too much about him, and we might not even ever know much about them. But the fact that Joe Biden has an accuser is something that has happened. And Kamala Harris has already said that she believes his accuser. So now that she is his running mate, how is that going to work? If she goes directly against an accuser now just because she is the vice president, she could be seen as somebody who is betraying her position or a hypocrite for her position just for a political motive. And it has been something that has been talked about with Kamala Harris, that Kamala Harris has always used her politics as a political motive. Whatever side is popular and whatever side is going to gain her a higher position, she is going to say or do just to increase her political awareness or political agenda in order to get higher up. And it is something that is uh, rather interesting and something that could support that claim if she does, if she goes directly against Biden's accuser just for the fact that she is now his running mate. But at the same time, if she doesn't do anything or if she continues to say that she believes that accuser, she has stayed consistent. And it is something you have to admire with somebody in politics is staying consistent. There isn't too many people that do stay consistent. So if she keeps going uh, against her, or if she keeps believing her claim of believing all women, that is something she has done from the very start since Kavanaugh, even if the very start of believing all women and the Kavanaugh hearing might have been a political motive. And you could think about that a little bit. But it is something that is rather interesting. And I'm wondering how she is going to approach that claim of now having to uh, believe Biden or believe the accuser when she has said that you have to believe all accusers, even if there is no evidence towards it. And I'll take a quick drink break and I'll read Generational Gap's comments. And... Generational Gap says Kamala's race and gender, or race or gender, bias completely limits her objectivity. 
And I would agree with that. And it's something that I think goes against Kamala Harris. And something I'm still struggling to kind of figure out, as I've said beforehand. But um, I'll continue and read this article about uh, Daniel Zoolander's thoughts on this issue. Or of this stance about uh, her believing all women and sexual assault. And now relating to Joe Biden and his overall appearance of that or however you want to call that Joe Biden announced Kamala Harris as his running mate for the presidential election but his pick of the California center comes after pair have have sprayed multiple times over differing views although Mr. Biden has since formally said he holds no grudges against his running mate for what she's previously said against his campaign, her past remarks have still dominated the news cycle. The Independent has round up four key moments Mr. Biden and Ms. Harris have clashed ahead of being named on the same presidential ticket. 1. Mandatory school busting. And we just read this, so I'm going to go to the second one. Again, all of these articles are linked in my YouTube description and will be linked in whatever you listen to your podcast if you want to read them afterwards or read them now for full context. As the second point is what I was wanting to talk about here. As it says, sexual assault allegations against Mr. Biden. I like how they call it Mr. Biden, but anyway. In April 2019, prior to Mr. Biden entering the presidential race, reports surfaced of the former vice president inappropriately touching women. When she, at, or sorry, when asked by reporters, Ms. Harris said she believed the woman who spoke out against her now running mate. I believe them and I respect them, able to tell her story and having the courage to do it. She said, "Excuse." Me. Multiple women accused Mr. Biden of inappropriately touching them, including one Nevada politician who said the former vice president came up to her in a 2014 campaign stop and kissed the back of her head. This encouraged Mr. Biden to release a video addressing the allegations against him. Social norms are changing. I understand that, and I've heard what these women are saying. Politics to me has not has always been about making connections, and I will be more mindful about respecting personal space in the future. That's my responsibility, and I will meet it, he said. Then Tyra Ray Reed, a former aide to Mr. Biden, came forward about allegations of sexual assault when he was a U.S. senator, or when, yeah, a U.S. senator, all of which he was vehemently denied. Miss Harris, who has a, who, Miss Harris, who was a potential vice president candidate at the time, was asked about these allegations, saying Miss Reed has the right to tell her story, and I believe that I, and that, and I believe that, and I believe Joe Biden believes that too. She said on the San Francisco Chronicle podcast. Now that is a mouthful there, and I believe that, and I believe Joe Biden believes that too. Ooh, that's a tongue twister. Say that five times, and you'll yeah. <laughs> and then it talks about uh, Medicare for all being a problem bringing more police to streets might be a problem and the first main point of mandatory school busing and those are all been moments of clashing or potential moments of clashing within Kamala Harris as being the vice president candidate so those are all the first examples I thought of 
when I was thinking about Kamala Harris as the vice president and general dots ahead. These next articles, as I said before, are going to be more opinion pieces on Kamala Harris as pro and against as her being vice president towards uh, Joe Biden in the prospects these articles think she might provide. But before we get into that, I have this one kind of standalone article by Fox News. And it says, by Edmund DeMarchi. Keen Observer points out unusual element of Biden's Instagram post with Harris. We are all living in an age with every social media post is scrutinized down to the smallest detail. So you can imagine the rigorous inspection that Joe Biden's Instagram post and that Senator Kamala Harris as his running mate was subject to. And it says what we know about Kamala Harris. To the untrained eye, Biden is seen sitting at a smart desk dressed in a crisp shirt, chatting with Harris on a slick Apple laptop. The decor was something you would see out of a Caribbean library at an illustration New England University, Tucker Carson's first completely hollow ticket in the U.S. history. But social media users were able to spot some irregulations upon closer inspection. Benny Johnson, the chief curator officer at Turning Point USA, the conservative student organization, took to Twitter shortly after Biden's announcement and identified a note tucked under the laptop that was tough to read, but it said something like a script. The Trump campaign seized on the photo and said in an email that Biden needed paper to understand why his handlers chose Harris. And then this is from Benny, a tweet from Benny, as it says, three very important things about the photo of Joe Biden calling Kamala to offer her VP spot. One, Biden has to read from a script that is clearly visible. Two, Biden does not know how to hold an iPhone. It's upside down. Three, the cartoon on Biden's desk is a man screaming, why me? Now, obviously, this is a little superficial. My thought was something a little bit funny before we move on to a little bit more serious topics, as you can see. But it was something I still wanted to include, but I'll continue on. Johnson noted that Biden is holding his iPhone upside down and why eagle-eyed observers can also spot a cartoon on his desk with a character screaming, Why me? Biden defenders took on social media and said he is likely holding the phone upside down because another person was part of the conference and was on speakerphone. Which doesn't really make sense, but either does the object of him holding the phone upside down really makes sense either. But again, I could see some people taking that perspective of how Joe Biden has calmed down in mental awareness or mental stability. And as a presidential candidate, that's something you obviously need. So I could see that as being a perspective of taking the phone upside down of being something that is uh, not just funny, but maybe a little concerning. But then at the same time, reading into all those minor details is probably a little bit too extreme. But I'll continue on. Biden defenders took to social media and oh sorry about that. The post illustrates how the 2020 campaign is in full swing after Biden's selection of Harris. Biden wrote in a post that it is a great honor to announce his selection of Harris as his pick for running mate and call to a fearless fighter for the little guy and one of the country's finest public servants. He also credited her work with his late son Bo and said as an attorney general she took on the big banks, lifted up working people, and protected women and kids from abuse. 
So that was this Fox News article. Now we'll move on to some opinion pieces about Kamala Harris as vice president from these articles. And a lot of these articles are going to say similar things. So we'll continue past those and kind of move on as they say similar points. But I do want I did want to pull more than a couple of articles and opinion pieces on Kamala to get as big of a perspective as I could. So bear with me there, even though we might be saying some similar things. And this is from The Guardian. What to make of Kamala Harris's VP or what to make what to make of the Kamala Harris vice president pick, our panel's verdict. Theodore Johnson. Biden is betting on black votes. John or John Joe Biden's choice of Kamala Harris to be his running mate signals one thing. He believes that black voters are key to key to his chance of winning the White House. While it is certain to win upwards of 90% of the black vote, just as the Democratic nominees have done for decades, the more pressing issue is the black voter participation. Having Harris on the ticket is a bet that she is best suited from among the vice presidential field to increase the number of black voters who would turn out for the election. The Biden gamble seems to be that if Harris can help round out re- rebound black turnout, which dropped seven points from 2012-2016, then he can carry the states that Hillary Clinton lost by extremely narrow margins, Michigan, Wisconsin, and Pennsylvania, and his hope that he is choosing Harris may also make Biden more competitive in purple and red states like Florida, North Carolina, and perhaps even Georgia. Naming Harris to the ticket, however, is the easy part. In order for the black turnout to increase, she will need to maintain a constant presence in the areas central to the Biden electoral strategy, and she will need to fight hard to ensure gas route organizations and properly funded and resourced to help mobilize black voters. But make no mistake, the Biden-Harris ticket is an explicit declaration that the campaign has lost its has cast its lot in the black voters. So that was Feather's dots on how uh, Joe Biden and Kamala Harris ticket and what he thinks brings a advantage to. And those of you who are listening now, it would be interesting to see what you think of that perspective because it was something that I generally, excuse me, I generally thought about. But at the same time, as uh, Theodore even said himself, they already, in general, have 90% of the black voters, or at least the black voters that turn out for elections. And Kamala Harris, as a vice president, may make for the uptick of black voters in general to show up, or blacks to show up in an election in general, when they may feel disheartened to the average candidate of Democrat and or Republican, or especially Republican if you believe that uh, the stereotype that, you know, blacks always vote for Democrats. But that's kind of besides the whole whole point here. The main thing is, do you think that uh, Kamala Harris provides a plus in the category for black attendance in the election? Because it was something I generally thought would help Joe Biden and would be something that is a plus for his campaign and what Kamala Harris could bring as a positive towards the presidency or potential presidency of Joe Biden. But at the same time, through listening to some content creators and and other things and just thinking a little bit more, I don't necessarily know if 
Kamala Harris provides that much of an uptick of black support, especially when in the past and within the election, she didn't really necessarily um, have a full perspective on, on, on the black voters. In other words, when she had a chance to be the presidential nominee for the Democrats, she was talking about a lot of things relating to to votes, and she didn't necessarily have that much of the black support compared to Joe Biden. And Joe Biden, in general, has always claimed that he has a lot of black support. So that's kind of the whole point, but something I've been thinking about, but I don't necessarily even have an answer to myself. But I'll read this next one, and this is by Malachi Jabala. I find it hard to be excited about Harris. Over the past few months, the Biden campaign has promised black Americans many things, including a black woman on the U.S. Supreme Court and also a potential for a black woman vice president. Now that it's official and Senator Kamala Harris has been announced as Biden's running mate, one can't help but feel this moment feels hollow. Today, hundreds of thousands of black men and women on the front lines of a deadly pandemic face death, evictions, and massive unemployment. I wish I could believe that the Vice President Kamala Harris would make a material difference in our lives, but I find it hard to. During a time as a California Attorney General, Harris failed to prosecute Stephen Mnuchin, then the CEO of One West Bank, from mortgage fraud. At the time, a foreclosure crisis was sweeping through the country, and after the 2007-2008 financial crisis, which was leaving countless people who had been uh, pre-prevented on banks homeless, today millions face conviction in a new crisis that is disproportionately affecting black and brown Americans. Forgive me for not being sure that Harris will fight for us. The frenetic veep stakes have have. Reduced black political strategy trenched to transactions instead of vision and policy. It's limited black power to the back-breaking labor we can provide. However, in the boosts are as VP to uplift a meager campaign with a meager vision to top it off. We are given a black woman benefiting from the black advocate's energy of the same criminal justice movement she has denigrated for years when she was a San Francisco district attorney. So yeah, that was a comment not so pro to Kamala Harris indirectly relating to her time as a prosecutor. And it's something that has been under attack by many people and is a reoccurring theme when Kamala Harris gets talked about. And there is several more of uh, talking about Kamala Harris and her viewpoints. And if you're somebody that generally wants to hear a perspective, and I think is a pretty well done article about uh, their panel's perspective on Kamala Harris as a VP and want to hear the remaining three, I would highly suggest you uh, looking up the article afterwards or clicking on the link on my YouTube or whatever you might be listening to this podcast. But I'll move on to the next article by Fox News. Again, this is uh, an opinion article by Michael Goodwin. Kamala Harris, an underwhelming pick for vice president. The great Piggy Lee song comes to mind. Is that all there is? Senator Kamala Harris checks off two big boxes for 2020 Dems. Gender and race. 
but the moment, if not the actual choice, feels underwhelming because of the amateurish way Joe Biden and his team let the process spin out of control. Pence tells Harris he looks forward to Salt Lake City. The drown-out overhyped vetting often made it seem as if his running mate would save the ticket. A month ago, there were six finalists, then maybe 12. Some openly campaigned with Stacey Abrams and Karen Bass in listening to supporters to speak to Biden directly. Susan Rice talked up what she saw as her qualifications on television as if he was picking her was a no-brainer. Flashback. Much of the time it seemed as if the campaign was putting on leaks to give the impression that there were developments when there were none, with Biden mostly basement bond in Delaware and slow to roll out of seriously policy proposals. The Veep hunt and the speculation took on seized, outseized importance. Sorry. Throughout there, we took two acknowledged subtexts. The first was Biden's decision in the mindset of the Me Too movement, and it had to be a woman, a vow that intimately undercut the credentials of the wiener, no matter whom it would be. That's what quotes do. Would Harris have gotten a spot if men had been considered an acceptable merely to ask is to cast doubt on her? The selection was even more tilted because it increasingly became clear that the VP candidate had to not be a woman but also black. The lack of enthusiasm for Hillary Clinton among VAC voters helped sink her for four years ago. Although Biden largely owes his nomination to the turnout of black voters in a South Carolina primary, being black, being Barack Obama's vice president could not by itself guarantee him significant, significant loyalty and turnout in November. He needed to shore up his party most important and reliable block so the energy was really about which black woman he would select. The second subtext is Biden's obvious mental and physical frailties. With one observer, nothing that was a good chance with the running mate would become president within a first term. Should the Dems prevail, the president in waiting, as even Biden supporters put it. His advanced 77 age needed to be countered, and Harris does that, turning 56 in October. At her best, she's quick in appealing in a contrast. And that was something I brought up a little bit earlier within the debate stage, or within this uh, podcast. I don't know why I keep saying debate stage. We're not there anymore. Anyway, but within within the podcast. And that is, she obviously, being 56, is very young, especially compared to Joe Biden. And uh, that that is potentially what's making the vice president pick more important than it was in the past, just due to Joe Biden's age and lack of mental awareness, especially compared to uh, Donald Trump and being so bullish. Although you could argue that both men are older, but Joe Biden does seem to show his age a little bit more than Donald Trump does. And I'll take a quick drink break before I read this next one. And this is by Newsweek and Ami Allison. It says, Biden's choice of Kamala Harris is historic and necessary. Opinion. Remember this moment. For black women and women of color across the country, Joe Biden's selection of Senator Kamala Harris as a running mate marks a 
water-washed movement, one of one that rightly honors the integral role black women have played in American politics for generations. For one nation, this moment broadens the lens which, though which we view leadership in this country. Now with the view finally captures the multilateral democratic seed that the women of color have long fought to achieve. Harris's career is part of a great legacy that includes the trailblazers Harriet Truman, Grace Lee Bugs, as part of the first, as part of the first black and first Asian American woman to represent California in the U.S. Senate. Harris is also a trailblazer. She's since taking office, she has early and contested in champion policy that addresses racial, economic, and gender justice. She showed up at the protesters in the wake of George Floyd's murder and continues to demand justice for Breonna Taylor. She unrushed in an anti-lynching legislation that was long overdue. She continues to advocate for the safety and support of essential workers through the Marks for All Act with Senator Bernie Sanders. She's also introduced a bill with him that would make most Americans $2,000 a month and student loan forgiveness during the COVID-19 pandemic. She also co-sponsored the Justice and Policy Act and also advocated for increased funding for research which deliberately impacts black women as well as relief for renters. Check her recipients. They are all there. During her presidential campaign, Harris shone the brightness which she leaned deeply into her expertise and experience as a woman of color who serves as a U.S. senator from our nation's most populous state. She also most impactful when she told her story and the truth as a woman of color. It was these moments that she represented the base and has no other. She is showing up the way we need her to show up right now. And that's what women of color are going to be looking at and expecting from the first black woman vice president of the United States. First, we must get there. A recent national survey, and then it talks about some of the more historic votes and percentage that Joe Biden in general and his campaign have led because in general and that's kind of the last thing I'm going to end my podcast on but we're not quite there yet and that is polling information coming off of Joe Biden versus Donald Trump and in general polls are saying that Joe Biden is still in the lead although we don't really have too much polling information after his vice president pick of Kamala Harris but it is something we are expecting to see in general when it comes to a Kamala Harris ticket of and vice presidency. Or you might not see if you don't necessarily believe that she has a great uh, turnout for presidency. But anyway. And this is from CNN. Here's why Joe Biden chose Kamala Harris as his VP. And this is by Chris Chilza, Chilza, Chilzi, Chilza. Anyway, she's been vetted on the national stage due to her own 2020 bid. She has experience in government as both California Attorney General and as a U.S. Senator. At 55 years old, she represents a younger generation and leader. So when that Biden, who would be 78 on Inauguration Day 2021, said was a major factor in his choice. She is a historic pick as the first black and South Asian American woman to appear on a major party national ticket. 
She's from California, a massive treasure trove of both Democratic votes and Democratic donors. She's emerged as an outspoken voice on race and the need for police reform following the death of George Floyd in May. There was no one else on Biden's VP shortlist that checked so many boxes. What's telling is that Biden and his team didn't feel the need to reach for a less predictable pick. They knew that while picking Harris would draw considerable attention, it would also be the thing most people expected them to do. Despite the historic nature of putting Harris on the ticket, Biden and his advisors knew that selecting Harris might be dis- described as by some as unsurprising. But one man's unsurprising is another man's safe, and that's exactly what Harris is and what Biden believes he needs. See if you were Joe Biden making your third run for president and ahead in virtually every swing state and nationally over President Donald Trump, every day between now and November 3rd, you want to do nothing that threatens the chance and underlying dynamics of the race. And those underlying dynamics are this election and is a redundant of Trump's first term in office, and more specifically, a deeply haphazard and electric way in which he had handled the coronavirus pandemic in the country. Under that theory and case, Biden needs to spend most of his time convincing voters that Trump deserves to be fired in a relatively small amount of time, making sure they believe he would do the job in the incumbent's place. And then, what that all means is Biden wants the race to be all about him as little as possible. He doesn't want his turn in 2016 all over again, in which Hillary Clinton was forced by Trump to play defense over her time and emails at the State Department. He doesn't want the race to turn into a war of words or a battle to see who can sink lower in terms of personal attacks. And that brings me to a very, very good point when it comes to the debate stage, of, or at least the political, pol- political stage and what happens from it. And that is essentially Basement Biden in my last podcast I talked about in a largely polling segment is somebody that is winning the votes or at least winning nationally and as the article just said in a lot of swing states. And it is something that is important and is something that should be thought about and and think about. But essentially by Biden keeping quiet and not bringing up a lot of articles or bringing a lot of attention to himself and just letting Trump and his uh, political movements with coronavirus or political comments in general get in his way of being able to be the president and be the incumbent for this next election. In other words, the more Biden can keep quiet and the more Kamala Harris can provide a more stable perspective towards his ticket, the better off. But the contrary to that is Kamala Harris is a senator, so she is obligated to show up for any vote and for a lot of media interviews. So although Basement Biden can be Basement Biden and kind of hide in the background, Kamala Harris, due to her job, can't necessarily do that. So that is something to keep an eye out on. Although she is the vice president and not the president, and somebody that's considered lower just for the fact of being vice president, it's still something that is uh, that is potentially harmful towards Biden's strategy of just keeping fully quiet. And this is by The Hill. Chris Wallace. Kamala Harris, not far to, to the left, despite what Republicans are going to say. 
Fox News Sunday anchor Chris Wallace on Wednesday said Senator Kamala Harris is a responsibly a safe choice for Democrats, adding that her prospective vice presidential nominee isn't very far to the left on the political spectrum. She is not far to the left despite what Republicans are going to say. His comments came after a day or come came, come a day after former Vice President Joe Biden chose Harris as his running mate. After Biden's announcement, President Trump said Harris was number one pick. Despite the president saying yesterday that Kamala Harris was his number one pick, he would also wanted I promise you out there there was a lot oop, articles refreshing. <laughs> yeah, you gotta love when that So I'll quickly move on Just so we don't have too much of a pause And I'll kind of talk about my uh, last segment And we might bounce back to that to the end Because I don't want to be uh, a very large moment Of not talking within this live stream Because we're already over an hour uh, so far And thank you for all who are listening now Or listening um in the future, I highly appreciate you. But it brings me to my 538, and this is going to be a weekly segment for uh, the ongoing time. As I, as I pretty much said on every episode, 538 is the site I kind of most trust as far as polls go because they were the most right when it came to the last election, and I do think they do a general, generally good job at. Uh, gathering polling information and kind of talking about their own dots in relating to polls themselves. So this shows all the polls information and the last that were sampled. And the last ones were on August 11th, and it is the 12th today, so yesterday. And this was probably before the Biden made his announcement of vice president. So it will be interesting to see what comes out of vice uh, comes out of Kamala Harris as vice president in relating to polling information because Joe Biden has had a very big lead on national and in some swing state polls. So that being talked about is something that is interesting and something that uh, should be talked about. <clears throat> Excuse me. This last one has Biden up 9%. In the, I'll read all of the August 11th ones. We have plus 9 for Biden, plus 16, plus 6, plus 13, plus 10, and plus 4, and plus 6. So all of them are mostly double digits with 10, 13, and 16, and the lowest being a plus 4 by a Harris X poll, and they rate that poll a C+. Plus. So obviously that isn't something... That is uh, very big when it comes to polls. So something you might not trust if you believe 538 in the way they rate. Their best poll, they give a B. And their other ones are B-. And the best poll was by YouGov. And it has Biden with a plus 10 lead. So if you believe the best poll and their information from it, you would think that Joe Biden has a plus 10 lead nationally on the uh, poll or on the election. And that brings me to the last article before we bounce back to the Kamala Harris and talking about why she might not be as far left and be good for that perspective. And this is by also The Hill. And this article is Biden leads Trump in five of six battleground states. Presumptive 
Democratic presidential nominee Joe Biden is leading President Trump in five of six battleground states, according to a new poll released Wednesday. Biden leads Trump by six points in Florida, 50 to 44%, and the former vice president leads by five points in Michigan, 48 to 43%, according to the States of Play survey by CNBC and Change Research. Biden is also up by four points in Pennsylvania and Wisconsin, 48 to 44%, and 47 to 43%, respectively. The former vice president lead is similar in Arizona, which he is head of Trump, 45 to 44%. Trump, meanwhile, holds a narrow lead over Biden in North Carolina, 48 to 47%. The same survey showed Biden holding a six-point advantage over Trump at a national level, 50 to 44%. So that's something that is interesting. Now, obviously, polls have their own weakness because, in general, polls aren't something that is largely... Uh, Polls don't predict the election 100%. Our polls would be an absolute religious god when it comes to an election. But polls can provide a perspective and provide a reason to do something. In other words, polls are a good way to kind of tell where you are on an issue or where you align. Or in general, if you do a poll for, let's say, a political policy, you're able to tell like what your constituents might think about a certain topic or a certain issue. So they do provide a good perspective when it comes to that. But I'll continue reading this article here. The poll also showed voters reacting negatively to Trump's performance in the Oval Office, and particularly his handling of the coronavirus pandemic. 46% of voters said that they approved of Trump's job performance, while only 44% approved of his handling of the pandemic. The findings are the latest in a slew of polls to show Biden leading Trump in states the president won in 2016, raising alarm bells for the presidential re-election campaign. The Trump campaign has honed in on one number of swing states, launching bus tours, releasing ads, and having the president travel to states in hope of boosting chances in November. And that is the extent of that article. But another big point I wanted to bring up in relating to that article is the fact that Obviously, the articles and where the polls are getting based have an impact. So if you have a poll released by CNBC, you're most likely going to expect that article or that polling to be somewhat biased in who they poll in general. And that is another big point when it comes to telemarketer type of polls is most of the time the candidates and who they poll are, are not really candidates in this case, but the people who they poll are majority Democrats, so it does weigh results. Now, obviously, if it's a good point company, they should uh, say that in their, in their analysis and distribute the results in relating to it, but not all polling companies do that. And if you just read the numbers offhand without looking at how the numbers are gathered, you do leave with a certain perspective that might actually change if you were to actually uh, think about it a little bit more. But I'll go back to the article by The Hill and, and uh, Kamala Harris. Despite the president saying yesterday that Kamala Harris was his number one draft pick and that she was the one he wanted the most, I promise you that there were a lot of people he would have liked to be running mate against much more. 
Other commentaries on Biden's VP shortlist including Obama National Secretary Advisor Susan Rice, Elizabeth Warren, Tammy Duckworth, and Representative Karen Bass. Harris was seen as a top contender for the Democratic presidential nominee when she kicked off of the White House bid in early 2019, but her campaign failed to gain traction with the California Center dropping out before 2020 as polls showed her far behind Biden, Warren, and Senator Bernie Sanders. She did not do well in the Democratic primaries for various reasons. She didn't run a great campaign, Wallace said. But he, he said she's likely to encourage black voters as Biden's running mate. She had some excitement to his ticket. She's a statement to the African Americans and especially to the African American woman who are the real solid core of the Democratic Party that the party does not take them for granted, the veteran Newsom added. The Trump campaign launched its first ad against Harris shortly after the Tuesday announcement. The ad slams Harris for positions she took during the presidential campaign including her temporary support for Medicare for All and advocacy for police reform. I believe that ad, I, I saw it briefly, but I didn't see the, the ad to, relating to um, Medicare for All. But I believe that was the question when the, when the uh, commentator or the moderator in the debate asked the candidates if they supported a Medicare for All type of proposer, proposal as a Bernie Sanders type of idea, and they all raised their hands in support for Medicare for All. I believe that was the, uh, was the uh, talked about part of, the, of what that ad's going against. But I've also seen another Trump ad about the, the very moment when she attacked uh, Biden over segregation and busing, and that was just the ad itself, because Biden went super much against, um, I'm sorry, Kamala went super much against Biden in the segregation and busing, and, him, and her now being his vice president and being directly against them and being so vicious in that way makes for a rather interesting running mate towards your candidate. And that was really all the articles I had for today's podcast. Uh, quickly before we end, I'll give you time to kind of say your last words. Those who are watching now, I really appreciate you. Thank you, uh, Wolf in the Shadows on Twitch. I highly appreciate all your comments and your follow. I also highly appreciate uh, Robert from the Generational Gap. You are always a pleasure to talk with, and I love your show on Freedom Scoop as well, obviously. And I believe Freedom Scoop, or I know Freedom Scoop, is also, uh, give a quick shout out to uh, Freedom Scoop again. Freedom Scoop is also doing a uh, live stream on the Generational Gap's channel for a donation to St. Jude's. Once again, so I'd highly appreciate it if you check that out later this month. And uh, again, I'll thank anybody who's watching now or watching in uh, the future uh, on any of your podcasting platforms, Apple, Spotify, you never, wherever you might uh, listen to your podcast. I highly appreciate you there as well. Again, thank you for everybody who's listening. Uh, make sure to check out uh, my YouTube channel, Roundtable Decision, or if you want to check out any more of my solo type of videos. And you can also find my Twitter and Discord there as well if you want to participate more in my audience and people who uh, talk about me there. And thank you, Ed, for lurk lurking the whole time. I do that most of the time on your contemporary show when I get ready in the morning. I'll uh, have it on and just kind of... Uh, 
walk around and do the things they need to do in the morning in order to be ready for work and whatever else. So thank you for hopping on uh, at the last uh, moment there. Again, thank you everybody, and I appreciate you all for the listen. And just be thinking about if you uh, Kamala Harris as vice president, because obviously she does have some strong points to her, but I am still very much struggling for a positive perspective Kamala Harris does provide. But if you do think of one, again, you can go on my YouTube and find my Discord and, and Twitter, and I'll be glad to kind of read your response from it as well. Because it is interesting and something I'm going to think about a little bit more. But once again, thank you and...